that scene where you're sitting around being skeptical you're feeling pain cause your brain is a receptacle collecting anything and everything you've ever seen or dreamed or even gleaned from an impression or less than Swift kick to all you pessimistic assholes. When you put your glass back down, you'll find it half full. show on the internet with a two minute long theme song um i'm just doing my part to try to stretch your patience back out to normal human proportions you know back before everything happened immediately and that still wasn't fast enough um this is half full welcome uh when i had the idea to do this segment i wasn't really sure what the format would be i just knew that i wanted to take a negative situation or thought or feeling and try to see it in a more positive light um and also that i wanted i knew i wanted to do something creative or constructive with my guest while we talked because i think that opens up some new channels and uh pathways for you know everything expression and ideas and all that so um my friend jason who you might recognize from episode four way back when um he had the idea to go for a walk as our constructive activity and i was a little resistant because i thought the sound might be an issue but then i said hey what's the whole point of this thing positivity right so i said yes let's do it and he was right it was an excellent idea um, we walked through Golden Gate Park for a really long time, most of the day, all day. And uh, we took a break somewhere in the middle and sat in a shady spot on a bench. And um, there we recorded the following. I don't know like, if you have a format, but if we're talking, I would, I'd like to start by asking you, before you ask me, I'd like to ask you like, and hear about why you want to do this half full podcast what 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 it means to you and and yeah like 
Okay. You want just like a rundown of what? Yeah, what you it's you about can give me bullet intent. bullet points or however much depth you feel like. You sure. Um, well, so for me, I mean, we've talked we've talked about it a little bit, but I'll run over what I was saying about. I basically feel like I've been stuck in a pattern of negative thinking for the vast majority of my life. Um, I think it's something that started really, really young, and it was born out of a defense mechanism. I needed to—I I felt like I needed to protect myself from other people's attacks. So, because it happened so early, I believe that it was incorporated into my personality and I wound up with this sort of lens through which I look at everything and it's a it's sort of a judgmental critical um, sort of negative lens you know and it as a defense mechanism it kept me safe because I felt like I had um, I'm not sure. I think I was built. I was convincing myself that I was good enough by pointing out the ways in which other people weren't. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably what I was doing for a long time. Yeah. And it never worked. Of course, I didn't feel good about myself doing that. And but I did develop this sort of righteous attitude because I was, for myself, I was trying really, really hard to be good, to be a good person, to do the right thing by my own code. Um, and partly because I had gone astray and done things I wasn't happy about. I wanted to get back to it. And so I've been in that negative, you know, stuck in this negative pattern for a really long time and specifically about one or two relationships. And I've been, in many ways, I've been held hostage emotionally by that, this situation that it didn't just happen way, way back in the past. It started then and it continued throughout. And that's yeah. part of why it's been really difficult to shake. Yeah. And it's only recently that I've really been laying down the law. So this is a very long explanation, but um, basically I'm, I'm working my ass off to try to see things more positively in my own life. And I, I think that it's valuable practice and I want to help other people do it. Yeah. And I believe that every single person has some kind of thing that's kind of that's like stuck in their craw somewhere right it's some whether it be like a I mean usually I think it's a it's a wound in childhood or a perceived wound that it sort of shapes how you view the world and it sticks with you and you and it colors your thinking and your behaviors and your personality so I want to help people who are stuck get unstuck um, and in the process I'll be I think it really helps me do the same Right. You know, I think everybody talking about positive stuff will have an effect on, you know, a good positive effect. Just as I know that all of my negative talking about things has had a negative effect on me personally. It's well, you are you are bringing up with half full, as I understand the premise, you're bringing up things that are difficult for people. So it's not like you're <clears throat> you're trying to ignore those things. You're doing the opposite. I want to put them out on the table. Yeah. And help, and just look look at them. Help help people see them in a light that they haven't before. You know, right. A, a more positive. Like if it's something that's been bugging you and you don't know how to get through it or past it, someone else's perspective can do a lot toward just shifting your in, you in a different direction. 
Right. Sometimes it's one little phrase, you know. I mean, what the thing I said earlier about a smile, like how to how to broach that awkward thing. Right. You see, you were where you, don't you were know. saying like yeah, if you if you have some kind of new social situation, something that feels uncomfortable, like the easiest way to deal with it is just a smile. And I just think it's the most effective. It's like the it's the thing that it's it's like disarming in a kind and gentle way. If you do, if it's not like a weird sleazy leer, you know? right, right, as long right. As it's a genuine, it doesn't have to be a big toothy grin. It could just a be leer. like, yeah, I'm work on my leering. Right. Well, you know, in the context of, you know, a, a, a man looking at a woman, that was what like part of what this conversation came out of. Right. Because we were we were talking about like how it's really nice out now and and women are wearing like sundresses mm -hmm. and seeing their shoulders and how pretty they look right and how like tempting it is to look at them but then it's just this fine line because you don't want to be a creep exactly but you you just want to look at them and so that was like a kind of a minor like uncertainty i've had for a while it's just like well what's sometimes you just naturally deal with it but you were just like just smile it's like okay yeah that seems like a great solution well and when you asked me i hadn't i didn't have that answer ready it just occurred to me like that's, that was a spontaneous i didn't you know that didn't originate with me because that's not really my natural tendency i had to learn that too i had to learn how to yeah think oh if i smile that's better than if i grimace you know <laughs> or if i'm well and certainly if it's a man looking at a woman they're definitely invisible lines and boundaries that um could easily be crossed and you would have no idea you know like it's it's hard to not feel like a creep even if you're not i think you know or maybe i am maybe i'm a, maybe i'm secretly a creep but uh, you know <laughs> but if i i mean if you look at a woman because she's beautiful then are you crossing some you know moral boundary or what you know i don't i don't know i don't know what the i think it's different for everybody i still don't know the answer but but i think this is just like a, a a genuine smile is is a good way to deal with it that's but, what i've been practicing lately just with everybody not yeah. not pretty girls only but with everyone smile yeah, at nice. everybody it's better that's than nice. any, than any other face you could make that's what they do in thailand just yeah smile a lot there are a lot of places like that, and and where it's sort of a nervous reaction too, like laughing and smiling. Right. And where it's culturally, uh, the reaction to everything, you know, it's just sort of like laughing, and laughing, and smiling, which right. is so much better than the alternatives that we've come up with. Sometimes you know. nervous laughter is unnerving, though. I don't. I'm not a fan of it, um, but as a, like when it's the whole culture doing it, I it's sort of I can sort of appreciate it. But if it's an individual doing it, it makes me. It makes me uncomfortable for them. That's that's what it is. I want to help them not be so nervous. You know, people people who laugh at anything and everything just just because they want to be a part of the conversation. Or, or I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the if it's just strictly like social nerves. Yeah. But what's unnerving about it for you? Um, I don't know. I, th I think just that it's not true. That uh -huh. it's 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 not authentic laughter yeah if i get the feeling i i'm not i don't feel irritated I, it's just a little unnerving in a way that somebody would would have to do that or that's how they respond but they 
you you can have compassion because they're just trying to lighten the mood and so I'm probably overthinking it. I don't think so. I mean, you're, no. I mean, I do the same. I've probably overthought it a lot more than that. <laughs> um, I don't. I mean, for me, it is. It's irritating sometimes. It depends on the laugh and the, and like how frequent and how loud and all of that. You know, I mean, laughter in general for me, even authentic laughter, can be pretty irritating because it's too loud sometimes. Yeah. So some people just laugh super loud, and I have sensitive ears, so it's nothing personal against them. But when it's happening, I do think to myself, "Shut the fuck up! You're so how much, loud. Why are you so loud?" How much do you think? A lot of your suffering comes from your own thoughts versus the behavior of other people. I think it's probably all. I think all of the actual suffering comes from within. I think you, if you were capable of seeing it objectively or you know, removing the blame or the judgment, mm-hmm. then there would be no intrinsic, you know, emotional value to any situation. And so, do you, have you found anything to like in your quest? current quest of like being more positive and letting go of judgment uh, feelings and attitude have you found anything that disarms those thoughts when they arise anything that's working or is it or just mainly doing the podcast has just been overall a good step for you in that direction that's definitely the case the podcast has been hugely beneficial in that way just getting so many different perspectives from different people and hearing them talk about their lives yeah and things that resonate with me in ways that i didn't really consider they would or you know or like i mean the talking to someone i've been friends with for 25 years and finding out something that we have in common that was a secret to both each of us you know that that kind of stuff is so cool to me and it just helps it it just Mm. validates this belief that I have that we're all doing this we're all walking around with this private story about mm-hmm. what what matters and what you know who we are and how we fit or don't fit and and I think all yeah. of our suffering comes out of that we, we create we have a projection of, of what we want life to be and when it doesn't measure up to that we get upset yeah um, I've been thinking about this a lot recently. Yeah. Yeah. What have you, what kind of, have you had some success with, Well, like, specific? I've, I've, there's this teacher that I've been following a mm-hmm. little bit who has this very simple method, I could describe it, mm-hmm. for, for dealing with stories that cause you stress. Because okay. everybody's got them, like you say. Yep. Everybody's got something. It's rare that somebody's completely free of, of all that. And, and so the, it's this woman, Byron Katie, and uh, her... I could go into the backstory of her if you're interested, sure. but I'll cut to the chase uh, right now about it's actually got an amazing story. But the the I, the basic idea that uh, of what she does is it's called the work, and you take a stressful thought, and you know like my mother didn't love me, something like that, and and then you do the you ask four questions. And the first question is is it true? The second question is can you be absolutely sure? it's true the third is how does it make you feel how does this what happens when you think this stressful thought and then the fourth one is what would you be without that and for each of the steps you're not supposed to like rapidly answer it move you're supposed to like really sit with it yeah. you're supposed to imagine 
visualize and then on the, the then so then the fourth question is what would you be without it and then after you you're done. without that without that, with, thought, without that thought without okay. that thought you know if you've already you, you you've seen that what it can do and then you imagine not having that harm that you're causing yourself mm -hmm. then the final step is a turnaround w w in which you take that and you turn the statement around and see that you can make a different story and, and there, it's just a story it's yeah. kind of, so you could say like well um, I never loved my mother or my mother did love me or you know you, you in a minute the, you just change yeah. the story and mm -hmm. and I'm still I'm wor working with it myself and trying to do it so I'm definitely not an expert I'm just learning it but I think part of the process is that it, it loosens you up from your story it's not gonna like unless you you're really exceptional you're not gonna immediately not tell yourself any more harmful stories right. just but throw that book away and have a fresh start it, start, it loosens up whatever that story is may, it may, and some people actually break through and, and release that story right then and cool. I, I think that but I think like more generally it, it's, it's just an inquiry and questioning you know okay. that, that and you could it doesn't have to be those four questions is what I've been kind of contemplating too like you could just anytime you have a thought you could just put a question mark after it and just be like you know bats are evil are, are bats evil that's a great one that's a really great one just immediately question the thing the statement that's an awesome thing to shift the framework in an instant because yeah. obviously bats aren't evil and neither are snakes or spiders or sharks all the things that we've villi you know vilified over the all the time that we've been here every single one of those stories is a human story and none of them fit in the actual natural world right because so. all those animals have their place and they're not they're not even seen as evil to by the animals that are eaten by them you right know? they're well, just they, a matter of course they don't have they're not thinking that concept as far as we know, there's yeah. I don't think I think that's true. Think, we don't really know. If they, I doubt yeah. that animals think about good and evil. I think that they they have a natural order that you know is instinctual and it makes sense to follow. And I think we had that once too, and we're, we're drifted away from it. Right. And language is a big part of the reason that we drifted away from it because yeah. we started to label everything and and divide and separate. That's also categories. our power too. Totally. Yeah. Well, it's. That, it's why we can communicate with each other even across borders I've heard it I heard of that book Sapiens yeah you told you talked about it. I haven't so read it yet the premise of that is it is it what what gave homo sapiens their, their power was not there was a primitive language before that but something shifted in just a slight genetic shift and we developed this ability to tell stories that's what i was going to say it's storytelling and, and that it, is the, exactly the basis true. of all our power was storytelling right i remember hearing about that or talk like hearing that, that theory and it's i mean that fits exactly with what we're talking about as the, the personal story that we tell you know we've done the same thing with our societies and we've just created this idea that this is how life is supposed to be lived and then if you don't follow that something's wrong with you yeah and uh, so these cultures have sort of agreed upon what life is supposed to be but it's different in every different culture and then within those cultures it's different for each little family group and then it's different for each individual do you feel much pressure 
to to believe the current story, like the American story, or do you do you feel like what is the what's the current American story? That you want to be successful financially. Oh, uh, I never bought into. I mean, I I understand this. You know, you want to. I don't know. You want to achieve something. It seems like to be a, a story that that matter. That's like, and maybe maybe nobody really believes it, like for themselves. But yeah, it, it seems like if you were to just stereotype, that would be like the the. You're story. talking about like the American dream story. Yeah. Well, I think I mean personally, I've never. I that wasn't my drive. I I mean I definitely understand why it is or was for a lot of people. Certainly, for immigrants seeking a better life, then the, the, that makes sense to come here because you can prosper more than in most places. But what I've felt the most being an American is the is like the drive for individualism and um, and like the need to conquer, to be uh, above. Or, you know, there's like so much pressure right. to on status and yeah. image and things like that. And I don't I don't like that stuff, and I don't buy into it in any conscious way but I'm sure there are ways that I'm sucked into that we're also probably wired for a lot of those things yeah I think so well and I think that I think cultures are actually wired I think that you grow up you know believing what you do because of who you're surrounded by and what they're talking about and what they believe and so you can pass on these traditions and, and storylines that don't necessarily ring true for everybody or maybe even for anybody but they're the story that have been told. I mean, that's how religions carry on for forever, forever and ever. Mm-hmm. Hundreds and hundreds of years, people are talking about these stories that are so obviously fables. You know? Yeah. How could you believe that stuff? How could you? How could you? You know, you can believe in the principles behind it. That's great. But the story itself is a. Is a it's just a silly, you know, preschool. Yeah. I don't know. I. It baffles me that that kind of stuff is taken as literal by anyone, and baffles me even more this by many millions of people. Um, but I'm personally, I'm more interested in the personal story yeah, me that too. we tell because that's what we have. That's why I asked. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to like, you know, um, analyze society. And no, it was more like, I how does it? it how do, how does the? How does this affect you? Like, are you able to, in spite of like? The images were shown of what success is. Are you able to be like, well, that's not for me. I, I'm, I, I'm going to follow this other path. Are you able right. to do that? I think I am. I definitely. I think there's pressure to achieve in the society for sure, and to have like some some measure, some show, you know, some evidence of that achievement. There's, there's pressure to like to have a degree or to have letters after your name or some kind of thing that you can call yourself. So I think that's been there for me for a while, but not in the same way, not not according to the model that's been laid out by whatever, by the U.S. you know history, or but more according to. Well, for me, the drive has always been personal, and it's always been for personal fulfillment. But I also really want other people to have that as well. I want everybody to experience some level of personal fulfillment. And it took me a really long time to figure out how to do that for myself. And I feel like I'm just now getting there. And it feels amazing. And, I, and now I want it even more for everyone else. You know, I want it for myself and I never want to let it go. It's good. But it's I also good want to share it. You know? yeah. 
and I mean that's based maybe that's the answer to your question what how full is about it's I, I just think that we have so much more potential available to us to, to see things differently and to do things differently to live fuller lives you know that are enriching and, and meaningful yeah, ways I agree. And, and I think that we're passing a lot of that stuff up just it's just flying flying past all the time, all the time. Like, shit I, a whole week went by oh shit a whole year went by I didn't even I never looked at my cat or whatever you know like things that you start to forget to do that are used to be important because of you know I guess because we've filled the whole world with distractions and been taught to think that they're important you know that we have to accrue material wealth in order to be worthy or something you know those are the things that I subconsciously bought into but never consciously wanted <laughs> wanted to you know it's strange it's strange how you can do that even when you're aware that you don't it's not good for you yeah which it's I think is what habits. most people are doing well, well it's we're very habitual yeah habits are no thanks alright you know, nice. <laughs> um Habits are habitual? Is that what you Habits are so habitual. Totally. They're like totally habitual. They're super, super <laughs> habitual. Um, <laughs> gonna say, Feelings is it, are... Is it the, the, that's why it's hard. That's why it's, it's taking you a long time. All, all these kind of transformations, you have an intention, but it just takes a while. It takes a yeah. while to unlearn the habit. Cause, but the ha habits aren't bad necessarily. I mean, they're, they're, it's a... It's a neurological system that's supposed to help us, and it does in some ways. Mm -hmm. But you have to kind of like engineer it a little bit. I think. Right. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Well, I think that I think habits become bad when you no longer feel like you have control over them. Or yeah. when right. you can clearly recognize the harm mm -hmm. that they're doing, and you still can't stop, or you choose not to stop. Right, 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 right. And um, I agree with that. So I have some of those habits, and I'm not wild about them. But I, but I'm also one of the things that I've been doing lately in an effort to stay open and and non-judgmental is to just be kinder to myself about everything, all the all the little self-criticisms that I encounter throughout the day I'm trying to let go of and, and loosen up around and you know allow myself to you know I mean the pattern that I was stuck in was have a negative thought about something then judge myself for having that negative thought yeah then feel shit doubly shitty then like sink into a depression you know that that was sort of nebulous because it didn't start with any real cause it just started with like uh, everything sucked like it just spiraled so quickly and then I I would make that I basically was judging every step of the way like because I reacted this way I should judge that and then my reaction to that reaction is judgmental is, is worthy of judgment and um, so I would really spin out into these like you know dark places where I would linger for a long time because I couldn't bring myself to see the positive in anything and thankfully, I'm I'm out of that period, but I still have these like, lapses. Yeah. You know? um, it's a lifelong work for sure. It's I've I've like 
I think I've slowly prioritized health above everything else. And mental health, pretty That's, key component. Yeah. Like I said, you do that more than most people I know. I mean, it's at a least lot of work, my... though. It's, I mm -hmm. feel like every day I've, I've got to like put myself together. And all these like rituals yeah. and just it sometimes it seems really ridiculous like why can't you just get up and just start doing your day you've got to like meditate and then I gotta uh -huh. do some yoga then I gotta journal and have you some do all coffee those every morning? I gotta have some coffee while I do it and yeah. then and then it's like it's you like a poop. two hour yeah I gotta, well I mean depending on my attitude that's either you know a, a, a distraction or the highlight of my day I, <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> but yeah no it's 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 a lot of work but it's good work it's the most important work you can do I think really I think so if you can find a way to like balance the other aspects of modern life but really take care of yourself it's that's very a, that's a, very hard to do and these days especially I think it's, just been it's so weird it shouldn't stress. be that it shouldn't be that hard right now right well, we don't I have to. We don't have to hunt. We don't have to. But we well, have right to. Right now, our rights are being challenged by the by the people who, you know, claim to have some dominion over us. So that's scary. That's just to me. That's a scary thing. Like we yeah. do have most of our comfort, our needs met, and we have lots and lots of comforts and luxuries. But we also are in a in a. Particular, I mean, point. our political situation. Yeah, but so I think we could. I uh, sorry, I think we could. I I agree. You know, I'm, I kind of have my head in the sand about the political situation I right too, now. But that's one of the ways that you can stay healthy, is to actually avoid that shit. But I think there's so much that even with my head in, relatively in the sand, that that that's still a struggle just to be, you know, uh, like healthy. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's so much work. And even if you don't like have this, you know, two-hour news stream going into your brain every day. So what do you think that is? What is it that's work about? You're saying it shouldn't have to be that way. Well, but, but what, I, I'm more thinking like you, you like you, you you said something like it's harder than ever, and it almost seems like it shouldn't be. But I mean, mostly in political terms, like right now, just the last yeah. couple of years. It's like it's caused so much stress for yeah. so many people. That, that you can feel it. It's it's tangible. Well, like the Stoics' philosophy is, is um, it, it doesn't mean have no emotions. It's a kind of misunderstanding. It, right. It means that you you accept what you have absolutely no control over. There's no control over who is in the the Oval Office right now. There's Zero. some. There's some. Right in this moment, there's nothing you and I can do to sure get him is. out. Hi, everyone. This is Justin White, host of Outspoken. I apologize for the interruption. Uh, remember back before the police state and the Patriot Act when you could exercise your freedom of speech without fear of imprisonment? Um, man, those were the days. Uh, I'm not a big fan of censorship, and there are very few things that I won't discuss uh, publicly. But these days, it seems like you can't even joke about stuff or bring it up certain things without uh, actually being in danger. <laughs> and also, I have a child. So um, without landing on either side of the fence, one can fill in the gaps. In your case, it's not an option. So you, you are better off accepting that 
he will be president at least until w w he's, until not. he's not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> whatever, whatever reason or thing that takes him out of there. Right. Um, so that the Stoic, just to cap that thought, the, the Stoics is just that you accept and, and you 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 live the best life you can with, and make the best decisions you can with right. with the things you can control. And there's more, a lot more to it than that, but that's like one of the core yeah. features. We talked about this on the, the, the first time you were Oh, on. shoot. There, it's, it's okay. It's what happens when you get old. You start repeating yourself. Yeah, you forget everything. But that's all right. We, t we talked about it in a, in a I have different this, I, I have this idea, like, is there a way that maybe this will be like when we're, we're all cyborgs, <laughs> we can like tag things we've already talked about. Because like so many oh, times Jesus now I'm, I'm like. I'm you would like, do that? Do you like, would you like that tool? To be a cyborg or to no, be able to, be, tag? to have the ability to tag like key points in conversations. Can you just write it down in a you know, notebook? I, like, what's the what is the convenience quotient like increase from like pulling out a pen and writing something down versus huge, just like really? huge. You would like to have well, like a backlog. If I took out a if I took out a pen and paper right now, it we our our flow of conversation would be totally changed. Really? Yeah. I'm not that good of a multi. Maybe you can do it. Yeah, okay. I'm. I'm gonna say for me, like if I if I take out a, I'm gonna be like, okay, I gotta I gotta write, gotta write legibly because I have horrible writing, and so, so it's gonna. I if if this does happen and we do become cyborgs, I'm I'm not. I'm a little worried about the whole situation. Just so you know, I'm not like like, you know, head in the sky. This is gonna be great. Yeah, yeah. But but it also it seems to be happening. You really think we're gonna become cyborgs I think it's happening it, it's just to me I, I just see it as like a, a continuing trend I don't well, know I remember you talking about this like five years ago or I don't, something I don't know exactly what it'll look like but you could argue and I've probably said this on your podcast already <laughs> you could argue just gonna assume that everything is a repeat, double yeah. that, that we already are cyborgs because because we have our phones with us and and if you have a watch like an iWatch that is with you 24 hours a day. You're basically connected to the internet. But not connected all of us are doing that. Like not all of us. I use. But most people have smart smartphones with them at all times. Most, but yeah, well, not most in the world, but most in in the Western, it, sure. Western world or and the that's civilized why world. I'm just looking at the trend of like you know work computers and technologies, and, it, and it's it seems really clear to me that it's just integrating day by day more with people it like is in, with a in, lot of people in but, your body but don't you literally. think people are always going to resist that some i'm personally always going to resist that so i yeah, don't think i'm I ever going to be swallowed up by the by the singularity you know? it'll be really interesting to see what happens and i'm interested but what to is, see i don't even understand why like people are talking about it like it's this event that you know suddenly we're all yeah, I don't know. Bigger... I don't buy that whole. I don't buy all that because I. I just. I think that's way too far ahead. All. All I'm looking at is something very basic. It's that, definitely technology. That we are becoming infused. integrated, right. and 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 it's going to be more and more and integrated. And there's already companies like Elon Musk's Neuralink, which oh. is a brain machine interface. Right. You can literally have your brain send messages to like an prosthetic arm and move it or For video sure, that's cursors coming. it's already here yeah all it, that it's just not stuff. it's just not a consumer product yet but it's going to be a consumer product probably in like three years it will be i don't know the time frame but it's going to happen mm -hmm. 
I think it's important. This is like a really important thing to consider, like because it's gonna happen. And that's, but what and does that mean to, to the rest of us, like those of us who don't participate in that? How do, how will that change our it's lives? Gonna, it's going to really disrupt uh, society. Well, that for sure is already time. happening. Just the way that we interact with one another has changed drastically in the last, like since since the advent of the internet, really, and cell phones. It's yeah, changed it's, drastically. We have a completely different framework for how we interact with each other as people yeah. than we did 20 years ago. I'm I'm over I'm I I'm like because like I tend to stick my head in the sand. Uh-huh. I, I'm optimistic in a, in a lot of ways. I think that there's a lot of benefits that are possible, and and I think that there's more potential for empathy. It, it, it could go the opposite really? way though. I would yeah. I would think it's it is and has been going the opposite way. Probably. <laughs> and that's Probably. I mean that's something I've talked about with people a few times. Just how empathy. Well, look, I mean, it's actually been tested. I was just talking to someone yesterday about, you know, the the increase in the incidence of, of, um, well, there's all the cyberbullying stuff. There's, like, suicide rates going way up. There's all these spikes in depression for kids and all this stuff that's happening specifically because they're spending the majority of their time looking at a, a lot, you know, other people's lives and usually something pretty fucking dramatic like nobody is watching YouTube for the mundane stuff they're watching it for the most extreme you know but not everyone but a lot of people go to that they want to see the craziest shit you've ever seen and somebody's trying to outdo somebody else at all times that's why I mean it's important to this whole to consider your relationship to the technology and and because it does not but but people don't don't have to yeah you don't have to choose to watch garbage, you you could, you know, if you're if you're just kind of fall go with the flow though, you're gonna wind up just kind of polluting your mind. Yeah, and so I'm, I'm talking about the mainstream trends more than like what's. But I don't know. They're making. Yeah, I I do feel sad for a lot of young people like who, just seem like they never, they just have their head in the phone, their, their phones the whole time. They do. And yeah. it, like they're like, if you think about it. I mean, this is probably going to, it's probably going to get better because once we have a visual, it's like all augmented reality, then we won't, we won't be staring at this tiny little screen. It just seems like such a poor substitute for like 360 degrees of vision. But you so, can so will the sound. augmented reality, like, are you yeah. talking about VR and stuff? Like, to it me, could why be, go would, the same why way. Would, why yeah. does that ever have to be a substitute? It could be a fun little escape, but why should that ever replace the yeah. real thing it never actually can it yeah. never brings the same sort of feeling of gravity well, like with any technology the technology is neutral and you could you could see lots of benefits and lots of negatives I don't think right. every technology is neutral true like nuclear think, war is yeah, probably not too or fracking good. or you yeah. know like I don't think you can say that every everything or a gun but honestly fracking is, is, gun fracking is just is just I don't know it, it I don't I don't know it exactly the the process but it's just the some natural is, thing of squirting water no, it's to, not natural at all it's, i mean no it's but a, it's it's just i'm sorry i know it's not natural it's like the least natural thing it's just some th- machine we made it's the machine doesn't know better you know it's what our choice of like yeah yeah the actual inanimate objects that we design and build are intrinsically valueless but all of them are built with intent 
and the intent behind, you know, if you build a gun, what is your intent? Yeah. You're going to shoot something. That's your, that's the whole goal. Now that does not, that is not a neutral position to take. That's a, that's an aggressive, offensive thing. I'm building this machine that kills, you know, there's nothing neutral about it. So I don't think you could say the technologies are, aren't neutral because the technologies are designed with a purpose in mind. Mm-hmm. Always. That's an interesting point. Um, I mean, it's, I think that it's a way of <laughs> taking away responsibility from the people who are actually designing these things, you know? I mean, Einstein didn't want to build the atom bomb, but he couldn't help himself because he had to solve that math problem. Yeah. You know, he had to just see what the physics of it were. And then when he did, he's like, okay, well, now we know how to blow up millions of people at a time. Oops. So there's, you know, the nice technology. Nice job, Einstein. Exactly. Exactly. Well, what were you going to, what were you going to say about that, about them being, having no intrinsic negative value? Did you have a... The technology? Yeah, where you had it to... I just think that, that there's great potential for good and and the problem is is our just lack of consideration for what we're doing and there's so much so many amazing possibilities with it yeah and but if i start to think about it it doesn't seem like we're headed down that road toward using it in that way well that's the same it's not like it's not like it has to go the way it's going well, the like question the that I asked... the kids staring at their phone. The kid, it could be a way to, you know, in, increase our, you know, happiness somehow. Or, right. So. But how, so this is the question I asked my guest yesterday when we were talking about the same thing. Because um, he's probably the most anti-technology person I've ever met. Like, the, he's the most, um, like, dedicated to the cause of... He's not strictly anti-technology. He's he pays very close attention to how technology impacts himself and the environment, yeah. and that's what he's in, he's he's linked it to sustainability, and and um, so he's very conscious of how he uses that stuff. Or and in most cases, he doesn't use it at all. Like to an extent, you wouldn't even believe. Like he's never been on Amazon. He's never you know never used GPS, things like that. But nice. the question Good I asked him, him, yeah, it's awesome, and he's proud of it, and he should be. But uh, the question I asked him was, how do you incentivize someone to start using, you know, using these technologies considerably? Well, I, 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 you you ask them, are you happy? And it, it, if they you, if they if they say no, then you go into it. If they say yes, it's a little bit trickier of a problem because maybe they they aren't, but they're not. They, not admitting it or not clear well, let's, but, let's say right. you dismiss all the people who say yes whether they need it or not if you're talking about just the people who are unhappy but still compelled to do it how do you get them to stop how do you convince them that their happiness or their unhappiness you, is linked to that behavior I think convince them I, I think it's, it's a really good question I, I don't know I you, just mean you, how do you incentivize them away from that very very strong compulsion that most of us are feeling these days Somehow they have to see it for themselves. Yeah. That they have to have an experience, like that, away from the technology, where they feel something, they feel some joy. Right. And they, I, that's 
that's what I'm hoping happens to like young people. Like there, there'll be some movement. Say, I actually have an example in mind, which I'll mention in a minute. But okay. there's a move. Like there could be some movement towards, like, wow, it's amazing to like go camping and not use my phone for a weekend. You know, there's there's actually camps or like you know like technology break camps and stuff like that. Yeah. I think that like if people start to get a taste of that, they'll be like, whoa, that was, I had such a good day. Right. I had so much fun today. I didn't use my phone. So it'd have to, you'd have to have some kind of experience. But, and I, I, I see the potential for that. And actually I was gonna say like, this is not exactly that, but I was walking um, home from Dolores Park and I had to get home for something. So I couldn't really linger, but I saw this this man holding a sign. I, there were a few people holding these signs, these white signs with black lettering that said, free intelligent conversation. Nice. And, and I was just like, huh, I wonder what that's about. And I, I wanted to stop and ask, but I, I had to get home. I had like, it was to get ready for my birthday party. And so I had to like buy snacks or uh, whatever. Happy birthday. Thanks, man. It was a good party. Thanks. And, um, but then I looked it up like Monday, like our, a couple days later, and it's these, it started in Chicago, and it's these like college kids, I think, who are just felt like compelled to like, you know, have conversation, like human conversation with people together, not online. I can relate and, to that. And sounds, sounds like, kind of like your podcast. Yeah, kinda. yeah and, and <clears throat> they just had this idea, what if we just go make a sign and just stand on a street yeah. corner? And they, they did, and they, they like, spread themselves out, and they, they had all that. Most of them had like conversations that lasted several hours, and awesome. with, sometimes with the same group. And so like that little story gives me a little bit of hope that, that people still want something like that and they just haven't they're just ripe for some sort of thing that's gonna like make them see they're like oh wow there's so much more to life and you know like I don't need to throw my cell phone in the trash but there's so much more if I can learn how to balance this thing yeah. with you know and and that's what that's the hope I have and I say it's a hope because I have no idea if, if it'll happen but how much I'm faith sure. do you have in it, percentage-wise? I don't know. Um, again, because I'm having my blinders on. Uh, uh, <laughs> 90, high 90s? I don't know. It's really hard. That's the questions like this are... For you. i got to get a pair of those. I don't know. I, 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 it's hard to put a number on it. No, I, it doesn't. I, 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 I think really it might be more... It, it might be... My point is that I'm, I have a cynical view of it, and, and I appreciate your more optimistic view. That, I mean, I, I also have hope, and especially in the younger set. I don't have but, faith that it's going to happen. No, I, I have the, hope. I have like, right. Like, well, that's why be, that's there's why potential, I, and right. it would be there's always it, potential. It would be great if more people like did something like this or took part, and right. and and I could just sort of see like, you know, like like collectively we're going to be like, what's going on? We got all this this tech, we got the internet, but like, what? Well, how are we doing? Yeah. How are we feeling? Oh well, could we, could we do better with this? Could we find? Could we figure this out? Find a, a better way to relate to our technology yeah. and our and and it it seems completely possible. Is the is the why I have hope? It seems you have to just consider how you're using all this. It's shit. true. That really is that that is the solution. 
but again, the, it's the incentive to do so that is lacking because the incentive to do the other is so powerful for people just to veg out or to have like yeah. we're so addicted to convenience that we will sacrifice our own morals to get it. You know, we know what how much destruction Amazon as a company is is causing to to lots of different things. You know, but how many people are choosing to not use it for that right. reason? Yeah, not it's very hard. Many. Yeah, it's you know, hard. Same, for... same with all, a whole bunch of companies that we frequently. Yeah. You know, I mean, and the point I'm always trying to make to people without, you know, trying not to be too preachy, is just that we we have a choice about that stuff too. If you just stop buying that shit, you mm-hmm. stop supporting those companies. Yeah. That are doing bad in the world, they they have to change the way they're behaving. If you yeah. don't support them, they will do something differently to to earn your money to get you know. Yeah. Their whole livelihood relies on you thinking that you need them. So if you don't need them and show that you don't need them, then they have to, you know, jump through some hoops instead of the other way around, which is us just being trained to buy whatever the fuck we're told we have yeah. to have, which is, a re- which is a real form of insanity to me Yeah, that I personally have experienced. And that's why I think it's, I can call it that without, it's not a judgmental thing. It just feels insane. What the fuck am I doing? Why am I buying this? You know, I don't need this shit. I've got bought stuff that I put in a drawer that's never been opened. You yeah, know? that's not sane. That's not sane behavior. And I don't have money to burn. I don't. You know, I'm doing it when I could be spending that on real legitimate, important stuff. Yeah. Um, but so that the reason I keep asking that same question is because I personally as strongly as I feel about these things and as much as I do make an effort to avoid supporting the causes I don't believe in, you know, the, the things that are, I think are doing harm, I also am very guilty of going along with it and being okay with the exceptions that I've made, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, I try to conserve water and then every once in a while if I want to take an extra long shower, I do, you know? And, I, and then I have a little bit of guilt about it and I think about people in the world who don't have water and I feel like an asshole and then I try to make myself feel <laughs> okay for not you know and that, that kind of shit is always on my mind but I don't think that's the norm I don't think most people are yeah I mean you could, you much could of kind of, of just just pull back and and like anything just take an incremental approach like just like you can't you can't like just become perfect instantly you, you you just you just we're stumbling our way through life yeah. and we kind of like oh oh yeah i guess i guess it's be better if i didn't support this company and and you know it just doesn't dawn things don't dawn on you all at once well and, and that's, that's why i'm Buddha bringing it or something. Up. Like that's that's why i'm saying like this is a much bigger since the trend has been has gone so far in this one direction sort of away from our skeeter away from our own intuition and our like the ways in which we're connected to ourselves and the earth and each other you know like since that the trend recently has been so far away from that so sharply turned away from that i'm just saying that it feels like we're going to have to go even more in that direction for a long time before enough people wake up to see that it's wrong i think people are waking up to that and they're having conversations about it and individuals are going to change and that will create the impetus for more 
mass yeah. movements. But I think it's going to be a long time. I think we're going to go much deeper into this dark pit that we're yeah. in before we turn around. That's just how I see humanity. That's how we learn. We, like you said, we're stumbling around. You know, we're kind of like bumping into everything, but we don't we don't stop until we've bumped into every last obstacle. You know, before getting back on the path. We're like, well, I haven't tried this stupid thing yet that never worked before. You know. It's like this weird thing. Humans have to go um, explore the realms that couldn't possibly be beneficial. You know, it, it goes so far away from what our animal instincts are. That's why it just it kind of it entertains me in it, but it's also frightening. We could be we could turn it off so completely, do things that are absolutely antithetical to our well-being yeah. on a regular basis, like all all day long. So, I want. I mean, here I am back being negative again, and that's the that's that wasn't the intent of this. Uh, but that's all right because now you're aware of how you're thinking, and and that's the only way that you can change how you're thinking. I mean, a lot of it is you don't even have to make. I I think like awareness is the ultimate practice, you know, because you you don't even have to do anything. You become aware. Oh, I'm thinking negatively. You know what? You know what's interesting, like. If you try to hold on to that thought, you probably can't. You probably like what's the ne negative statement that if we, 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 we that you would say you just said, whatever it was, you know, like oh, it would just it, be something about like sort of the hopelessness of yeah, so, <laughs> the, the so human. It, uh, it's a arc. hopeless situation. If if you if you we don't have to do that now, but if we we try to just stay with that thought it would be very difficult the mind just keeps going yeah so that's why like the, the practice of your awareness is, is so powerful you don't have to say oh I'm bad for thinking that you just have to be like I'm thinking that yeah I'm thinking this I've thought this I seem to have thought this before thinking it again <laughs> okay yeah and, and that, to me but, is an incredible simple practice it's it's so rudimentary to every human being that whoever you are you you experience awareness and um, at some level i mean a lot of people spend a lot of energy trying to dampen their awareness right shut it down just to to shut out the pain or whatever right right um and i think that's a big issue on a on a grand scale is that so many people are using diversions of one sort or another to check out from the problem rather right. than addressing what the problem is and, and looking with it. And that's, I agree with what you're saying and it is a practice that I've been uh, experimenting with recently, like just be, like I was telling you, like just being less judgmental, less critical of myself and others uh, when I can, when I can yeah. have the awareness to do so. But I think you do need to take action. I don't think the awareness itself is enough because I, I personally need to go undo all of those old synaptic connections telling me yeah. that it's this way and rewrite I think it. it happens so though if it you does. pay attention. It it's happening. It's like a, you know, sometimes it's a drastic I mean, there's uh, sledgehammers you could do. You could, like a sledgehammer approach would be like an affirmation, which seems to help some people. Yeah. Like I, I tend not to use that, that kind of tool. I, I more I like to... Just because I don't think I believe it. The, the closest thing I do to that 
the sledgehammer approach is is just like a gratitude I was list. Say, yeah. But because, but but the, that's, that's not a, sledgehammer at all, though. Sometimes it's a bit fake it till you make it, though. That's true, but that's yeah, that's more of a lay. You lay out all your tools, like in case they're gonna, in case you need them. It's sort of like saying I'm grateful for these things, even even when I don't acknowledge that in my regular life. You know. The thing, that's to me what a gratitude is, list is about is like to bring focused awareness to the things that you otherwise overlook yeah and it's um, a lot of things I mean and it's most things that's the, that's the problem and that's like again and again this thing it comes back to me like how how do we and I don't want to sledgehammer other people's lives either. I mean, I used to. That's how I wanted to get the point across, was to Sledge, cram it in your face. Sledgehammer, <laughs> well, let Peter me crawl your name. Exactly. But these days, I, I want to, I still want to get in there and help, and, and help myself as well, but um, in a much more gentle and maybe slightly more systematic way. But, but ma- mainly just to open it up. The, whole, the, the goal is still to open it up. A sl- sledgehammer will open something up pretty well, but it causes a lot of damage in the process. Yeah. So I'm trying to like let things be as they are without retroactively smashing them up. You yeah. Know? And that's, but that's a lot of history for me. That's like a whole lifetime of telling this one story. Yeah. So the undoing of it is taking, it for, in my case, is taking a lot of proactive yeah conscious work rather than just awareness and and it's something the 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 i the question of how much effort to make in a spiritual practice is something i think about a lot yeah probably too much but no i don't think i mean that's a judgment too like you're thinking about it too much it's I don't think so. You can't think about unless you're harming so, yourself. So yeah, I, I'll 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 judge. Strike that last comment from the record. That's right. and too much. Strike that part. Strike everything. That's Court reporter <laughs> noted. Right. No, but I know what you mean. I know what you're saying. You you, th- you put a lot of thought the, into like, how hard should I try? Because right. it seems like if you try too hard, you suddenly lost the whole point of it. Totally. Because it it implies that there's something better than where you're at exactly. who you are right now and you're and so you have to be careful somehow. like like how like I want to do this I'd like to wake up I'd like to be compassionate and how do you just do that without putting it on a pedestal this idea I think like with to find the right amount of effort is like that's that's like a mystery yeah that, that I don't know I think that each situation is different like you sometimes you just naturally know what to do and sometimes but do you mind if we walk no can we can we wrap up in like five minutes yeah do you, do you want to ask me something well i was just gonna say um about that uh i just lost it about effort and um like how much effort to make is what we we're saying yeah I, oh, yeah, so, well, for myself, what I've been doing, because I spent so much, like, focused time making an effort to be different, to change, you know, to really actively change who I was and how I felt and how I thought, like, that's been most of my spiritual career, if you could say that, has just been this, like, 
trying to push towards something. Mm-hmm. And lately, I've been pulling pulling back on you know just let, letting go of the reins a bit and just letting it be what it is and not. I mean, it's basically what we've been saying, just not passing so much judgment on the thoughts themselves. And it is working for me. It's much better. And I'm finding that no effort um, in terms of, like, purposefully meditating or purposefully seeking some spiritual experience, uh, I'm, what I'm trying to do is just have everything be a spiritual experience. Just accept that every single moment of your life, you have that uh, that open to you if you want. It's just to tap into the side of things that, where I believe the real value lies, it has nothing to do with any of the stories yeah. that we've been telling. It's only about the the oneness of all things, or the the, the sort of be- just the love and beauty and the thing like the things that make life. I love you, man. I love you, too. For reals. I do, too. For reals. I'm, I, you're one of my best friends, and I, I, I highly value our, our relationship, our friendship. You're like one of the... I mean, we have a lot of really great male friends, you know, sensitive and honest and loving. and You know, we're very lucky in that way, I think. We have a huge circle of really, really great men, you know. They're not assholes. They're, they're really good people. Um, but... I'm, I can't tell you how much it means to me to have to have that to have like a, another male friend that I can be vulnerable with and honest with and talk about shit that actually matters and not have it be like you do you you know you're such it's a fag so, so, so stupid so, so good <laughs> yeah. thankfully that hasn't been any of my friends for most of my life and definitely not for the last 25 years or so but um but just the fact that that's available and we get, and we actually take advantage of it, I think is a really great thing. You know, we're not hiding behind some bullshit mask. Like we got to stay tough. We got to be men. You know. We'll save that for after the podcast. Yeah, we'll go. We'll, we'll go start talking about. Stuff talk yeah, about start. Women. Yeah, t- talking shit about women right. and, and wrecking bathrooms <laughs> and doing right. upper deckers in the toilets. Oh yeah, that's all good stuff too. It has a different <laughs> place. I think there's value in that. I actually think there's real value in destructiveness, but it has to be uh, harmless. It has to be harmless uh, destruction. Yeah, that's what I want to build. I want to have a, a place where people can go destroy things in a way mm, that's safe. That sounds like fun. Yeah, I think it's useful. I think it's a really it would be a very beneficial thing for society. To help us vent this rage. So yeah, thanks, man. Right. Yeah, thanks you're for welcome. coming on. Yeah, uh, you yeah. actually swung it around and made it more about my my thing, but that's. I like I like that you have that. I mean, we didn't ability. we didn't do the 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 actual steps and premise of, but but we talked. But half full, I think, was was really central to our talk. It was and, achieved, and it, yeah. And it, I think that that was what was every single thing was about mostly. And it wasn't like I think you had told me that your premise was that we get together, we talk about a problem of mine, and. And I would be drawing or doing something, and then we would, um, you would be like an armchair psychologist, I think you said. Yeah. But, um, but I think this is this has been pretty cool. I think it's it better. The same it's thing. Like, yeah, I think we actually just wound up in that in that space, both of us, which is great. It doesn't have to be about any specific yeah. issue. The whole point of it is to like, is just to bring some light 
to the darkness. Yeah, so thanks for helping that happen. Fist bump. Bumps, dabs. All right, love you, man. Love you too. Bye.